JMU takes down Virginia and App State oh so close. It's a Sunday edition of Locked on Sunbelt. You are Locked on Sunbelt, your daily podcast on the Sunbelt Conference, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm Dave Schultz. Bonus edition, Sunday edition of Locked On Sunbelt. Certainly a lot to talk about when it comes to Sunbelt football from Saturday. And this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Did okay uh, yesterday. We had Texas plus seven and the money line. So we are up on uh, the week. Okay. Uh, JMU takes down Virginia. And, and what a day it was. A lot of emotions on both sides, right? Virginia playing for the first time at home since the shooting last year. And JMU playing Virginia for the first time in 40 years. Both teams making changes at starting quarterback. Jordan McLeod came in last week against Bucknell for Alonzo Barnett III. And now Anthony Calandria is starting for Virginia. So, JMU, you're feeling pretty good. You got a freshman in there. Okay. You get off to a great start. 17-7. to uh, And you are rolling. And all of a sudden, the offense bogged down. Do not score in the second quarter. And as somebody who may have taken JMU uh, and the points... Uh, that was an issue because you're always looking for that just in case they score moment, right? Because if it's 24-7, well, if they score a touchdown, you're still covering. 17-7, that's not the case. Game ends, you cover, but obviously at that point in time, there's a ton of game left to go. And they the, the offense just stopped, just stopped. And that allowed Virginia all of a sudden to do a make it, take it, and the game turned on a dime. The game absolutely turned Virginia able to go in at the end of the half, make it a 17-14 ball game, and one play to begin the second half, and it's already 21-17. So a 17-17 game, I'm sorry, 17-7 game with JMU leading, and they actually having the ball, ends up being a 21-17 game before they touch the ball again in the second half. And then, inexplicably, because... They figure that the momentum was all on Virginia's side. Kurt Signetti goes for it on fourth and one on his own 27. I'm a big believer in going for it. That seems to be, mm, not sure if radical is the right word, but uh, interesting might be another word. I appreciate wanting to slow down Virginia's momentum, but somewhere along the way, you, you got to be practical about it uh, as well. And Virginia takes... That stops them, and Virginia takes that and goes to the end zone at 28-17. And now it's a two-score game. It was a two-score game with JMU leading, and now it's a well, three-score game, or two-score game, I guess, uh, two-score game with, uh, you know, 28-17. I could do my math. 28-17 JMU, and it looks like it is, or J, uh, Virginia, and it looks like all is lost for JMU. The game has gotten away from the Dukes, but they settle down. They do get a touchdown, make it a one-score ball game. But then Calandria ends up with another big play. 60-yard pass to Paris, uh, Paris Jones to the JMU 
12-yard line, okay? So from the UVA 28 to the JMU 12. Then the big play in the ballgame, which for those of us, again, who had the six and a half points, maybe changed the ballgame. It appeared that uh, Kobe Pace fumbled the football and JMU recovers. All right, so we don't know what happens at that point in time. Does JMU go down and score? Or, I mean, they're inside their own 10. Does JMU go three and out, give the ball back to Virginia at midfield, and they go down and score? So we have no idea what happens after that. Outside of the fact that we do know what happened after that, that the refs gave the ball back to Virginia after what it looked to be a clear fumble, recovered by the Dukes, and Virginia goes in and scores and make it a 35-24 ball game. Uh Uh-oh. Not looking good. And then all of a sudden, the rains came, and a solid delay slowed things down, really took the momentum away from uh, the Cavaliers. It was a lengthy delay, uh, and that allowed James Madison uh, to regroup, uh, and they did. They actually went three and out after the Virginia uh, touchdown, but so did Virginia. And then JMU ends up going on an eight-play, 80-yard drive to pull within 35-30. They go for two. You got to go for two to make it a three-point game at that point in time. Uh, Virginia actually was doing a good drive, good job driving, but they stall. They have to punt it away. And JMU, eight plays, 80 yards. It was a Jordan McLeod to Keelan Black for a 10-yard touchdown. They also went for the two-point conversion. Didn't get that one either. Uh, and uh, Virginia, did they get one first down? No, they didn't get any first downs. They went for it on fourth down. So they went, they went out, uh, immediately, but what a day it is for, for JMU. They start out the season two and oh, that's with a quarterback change. Uh, Jordan McLeod, really solid 20 of 31, 222, uh, 224 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyson Lawton. On the ground, eight carries, 79 yards, a couple of touchdowns. You had Reggie Brown, three catches, 60 yards. And you had the touchdown catches by Phoenix Sproles, uh, who had a touchdown, and Keelan Black, who had the game-winning score. And all of a sudden, James Madison seems to have a little bit more a direction. I, I wouldn't say a win and move on, because it's a power five win. It's a big-time potential rivalry. And it was a come-from-ahead victory, as far as I'm concerned. You're up double digits, and you go down double digits. Not only is it a come from behind, but it's a come from ahead victory. And so great job by the Dukes. They go to Troy. Troy's going to have their handfuls. I mean, that is a big ball game for both teams. Troy is one and one. The Dukes are two and oh, but the Dukes are averaging. If I can do that math in my head, 37 points a ball game. And Troy is giving up. Oh, let me see if I can do that math in my head. 36 points a ball game. That does not sound like a good recipe for the Troy Trojans. So that's going to be an issue or could be an issue or could be an issue. But great job by James Madison to take down Virginia. That was the one power five victory that the Sun Belt got on Saturday. They almost got another one. Not the one that I thought was going to happen, but the one that almost did. And we will tell you about that. When uh, we come back, in fact, I basically missed the ending. Crazy. Doing about 20 other things, uh, I missed what happened at the end of the App State ballgame. But we will tell you about it after this. Now time for your Game Changer of the Week, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. 
Much like, wait for it, Grant Wilson from ODU, Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. Grant Wilson of ODU, 13 of 19, 247 yards, not one, not two, not three, four touchdown passes to lead the Monarchs past the Cajuns, 38-31. Athletic Brewing Company has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good, full of flavor and well-crafted, just like a full-strength beer. They're fit for all time, so you can drink them anytime, anywhere, and make any activity even more enjoyable, like watching a big game or your kids' games, tackling work, or working out. You can find Athletic Brewing Company non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use Locked On to get 15% off your first online order. That's code Locked On at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. All right, Dave Schultz, Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Let's see here. We didn't do this at the beginning, but oh well. Okay. Uh, App State, what a ball game with uh, Carolina. All right. Mac Brown wants no part of uh, the Mountaineers, and he said so after uh, the game, which is acute and what is the word? Um, revealing is the word I was looking for. So a 40 to 34 uh, Carolina win in uh, two overtimes. I actually thought Carolina was going to kick the field goal. I am I'm watching um, South Alabama. No, I'm watching the Cajuns. I got Alabama on, probably LSU somewhere. And I'm watching the Carolina game on my computer and having to type up the post-game story for the Cajuns. And lo and behold, it's 27-27. They're going to make the field goal, right? Not only did they miss the field goal, they missed it twice. Right as Sean Clark Called timeout, and then wasn't even close the second time as well. Poor, poor North Carolina. That is not going to bode well if they do not have a place kicker somewhere along the way. It almost cost them uh, yesterday. But North Carolina with uh, an outstanding, or App State with an outstanding effort, uh, falling to North Carolina 40-34. to 34. Here's my question, and I, and I thought about it a little bit because it was going to be with the Cajuns, and it's different at that point in time. Why don't you go for two when you score a touchdown to begin overtime? And I guess the reason is, well, here's the reason, all right, at least in my head, that uh, if you don't make it, you probably lose. <clears throat> and if you do make it, it doesn't guarantee victory. Compared to if it's flipped, North Carolina goes first, they score a touchdown, kick it, then if you get the ball back, now, if you don't make it, you lose and you know that, but if you do make it, you win. That's the end of the ball game. So that's the little difference of going for it uh, first or second. But I mean, what a job by uh, app state. Uh, you know, we, t we said that, you know, Ryan Berger was down. Joy Aguilar played a whale of a ball game. Wasn't the most efficient quarterback, but boy, 22 of 43, 275 yards, a couple of touchdowns. Uh, and interceptions. Nate Noel, you know, carried the rushing load on his back. 26 carries, 127 yards, two scores. Deshaun Davis, seven catches, 117 yards. I mean, if that's what Mountaineer 
receivers are doing to Carolina secondary. What's going to happen when Keon Coleman and others get to them in uh, the ACC? Not to take anything away from App State because, okay, but pretty impressive uh, nonetheless. I mean, Drake May had a rather pedestrian pedestrian game, right? Despite it being tied 27 all at the end of the and the end of the regulation, he had a pedestrian game, 21 to 30 for 208 yards and no touchdowns. This guy's supposed to be the Heisman Trophy winner or candidate. That's nothing special, right? I mean, he was more efficient than Joey Aguilar, but Aguilar threw two touchdowns. He did turn it over once. They, you know, he averaged 6.9 yards per pass. And Aguilar averaged 6.4 yards pass. Aguilar completed, attempted many more passes, but completed one more pass and had 275 yards. May had 208 yards. So, I mean, App State's defense came to play. And that's what we said about the game heading into it, right? That you give up 24 points to Gardner-Webb, your defense is going to have to do a whole lot better against Drake May and company. And they did. Not counting the overtime. You're gassed at overtime. You know, I would change overtime. All right. My overtime selection would be I'm going first and goal from the 10. There's no kickers. Kickers are done. You had your chance in regulation. You're done. First and goal from the 10. You got four chances to get it in. You don't. We go to the other side and it's first and goal from the 10. Now, if you get a penalty, you get a penalty. You got to start again. All right. But if you come up short, you got four plays, first and goal, go at it. All right. I think that's better than. Uh, what they have now. All right, take the kicking out of the game. Anyways, uh, just a great job by uh, App State to give, you know, Carolina all they could handle. Every time Carolina thought they were going to, you know, pull away, they didn't, you know. You know, I mean, this is a back and forth ball game. 3 nothing App State, 7-3 UNC, 10-7 App, 10-10 ball game. App jumps on top to begin the second half, 17-10. Carolina ties it up at 17. Carolina takes a, excuse me, a 20 to 17 lead. App up 24-20. UNC up 27-24. And, uh, you know, here is the thing. It was a a 12-play drive for App that probably needed to end with a touchdown, right? I don't know if they were playing for a field goal with a minute to go or so. Actually, they called timeout a minute 43, first and 10 at the UNC 20. You kind of need a touchdown there. Now that, you know, the Tar Heels are going to play it differently, obviously, if they need a touchdown uh, to win compared to a field goal. But that's where you kind of feel like you have your shot. You don't want Carolina in overtime and don't buy the whole home team has an advantage. That's a baseball thing. Certainly not in college football anymore. It's based on the coin flip. Who gets the ball first? Who gets the ball second? So that has nothing to do with it. But that's kind of what uh, you're looking for. And they just could not get uh, anything going. Uh, let's see here. First and 10, Nate Noel, a one-yard run to the 19. Nate, Nate Noel, a three-yard run to the 16. And then that was on third and nine. So, yeah. I'm, I'm, oh, they had an incomplete pass to Caden Robinson. So, uh, that's where kind of you want to go at it. And obviously in the second overtime, they had a shot because Carolina missed a two-point conversion. I'm one who thought that maybe there was pass interference on the last play of the game, but you kind of look at it. And if you're the App State wide receiver, you fall down because the ball's over your head, but it did not appear that the Carolina 
defender uh, touch the App State wide receiver. So, you know, again, great job by App State. Oh, so close. App State's going to be really good. They don't have one quarterback. They got two. It'll be interesting to see, and we'll talk about it when it happens, you know, you know what happens with Joey Aguilar. Do they have – who do they have next week? They get East Carolina next week. That's not necessarily going to be easy. East Carolina coming off, uh, you know, a tough loss to Marshall. Close game early, and then Marshall pulls away. So that is not a for sure win, although I think it's at home. But that's a nice little – you know, that's another – Nice little Carolina rivalry. Good good for App State and good for East Carolina for playing uh, each other. All right, let's take one more timeout. When we come back, we'll do a little bit on uh, the West uh, because I kind of think it's up for grabs. We'll do more on that later in the week. But you guys tell me who is going to be coming out of uh, the West because <laughs> I really don't know. I really don't know. Meanwhile, let's talk about FanDuel. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season with an offer you don't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of of the NFL. All right, Dave Schultz, LockedOn Sunbelt, your team every day. Whip, whip, there we are. All right. So who's going to win the Sunbelt West? Because to me, it appears it's up for grabs. All right. Troy, and we'll go more into this ball game against Kansas State, but they're just not built to come back. Once they fall behind, that's that's not Troy's ball game. Can't do it, but falling behind is the issue, and giving up a lot of points is not Troy's trademark, at least under John Summerall. And so going back and forth or trying to keep up with K-State when they're putting up 42 points is just it's going to be hard to do. So is that because it's K-State? Well, Stephen F. Austin scored 30 points, so that's an issue as well. South Alabama just has not gotten under the start, gotten a start, than I thought. And now they may have lost one of their key wide receivers, Devin Voison. Uh, LaDainian Webb wasn't supposed to play and had to carry them to victory. I did not see the second half of the South Alabama game, but they played better, I guess. It was 7-7 at half, and they beat Southeastern 35-17. You want to take a win as a win, okay. But, you know, they, they're going to Oklahoma State next week. They got their own issues, but maybe they'll figure it out by then. But... The offense looks stale. It looks side to side. Offensive line having issues protecting Carter Bradley. They, they as a team for South Alabama, have not taken the next step. Again, I, you know, we'll take, you know, for what happened with Tulane against Ole Miss. But I thought South Alabama would look like Tulane did against South Alabama. All right, not that Tulane wouldn't look that way, but I thought that's the way South Alabama's offense would look, and it has not. They have not played well so far this year, so that's up for grabs. I'm also gonna. Not really count what happened to Southern Miss against Florida State. I mean, that's a mismatch. We knew that kind of going in. I did say, you know, being a little bit of a homer for Will Hall that they would cover. Oops. But we'll just put that one aside. And the Cajuns. The Cajuns defensively could not make any adjustments at all against uh, against uh, ODU. So who knows about that? So Texas State comes back down to earth. They had a shot to beat UTSA, and they didn't, although they battled. ULM by the way, is 2-0 for the first time in, uh, for the first time since uh, 2008. 
or uh, 2018. So maybe it's the Warhawks. Although, you know, did they struggle with a 10 point victory uh, over Lamar? A win and move on is fine, but you know, it is graded on a curve a little bit. And I didn't even see a score. I'm afraid to look Memphis hammers, Arkansas state 37 to three. And, you know, somewhere along the way, Butch Jones is going to be on that hot seat very quickly. That's three points in two ball games and like hundred, you've been outscored 110 to three. Yeesh. One thing getting blown out by Oklahoma. It's another thing to get blown out by Memphis at home, nonetheless. So it's an issue. Uh, the West is totally up for grabs in the Sun Belt. Uh, ODU is going to have to be reckoned with in the in the East. We'll see what happens over there. Of course, we'll recap most of Monday's ball games uh, on, on Monday for you. So uh, thanks for tuning in for a Sun Belt Sunday edition of Locked On Sun Belt. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. Uh, enjoy the week, everybody, and we'll talk to you again soon. Hey, quickly, thanks again for all of uh, the following. All right, we're not quite where we wanted to be. We're we're getting there, right? 633 subscribers, but really appreciate it. Uh, we'll see if we can do better this week. So that's still a ton. And, you know, the amount of people who watched and listened over the weekend was fantastic. So keep it up. Please tell your friends and family about it. It is a big, big help. All right. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been listening and watching Locked on Sunbelt, your team every day.